Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the dinner table. My name is Aislinn Campbell, and with me is today the birthday boy. Happy birthday, Joe Hilliard. Well, thank you very much. I had the best. Happy birthday to you. It's my birthday. Nothing? <laughs> you did me the biggest favor. I went for a month thinking that I was actually going to be turning 49. <laughs> I can't remember how it came up, but I said, uh, 49. Like, no, you're only 48. Oh, thank God. That was the best gift you could have given me. No, I said, you're going to be 48. And you go, no, I'm not. And I go, yeah, babe, you're going to be 48. Do you give value to these numbers? What do you mean? Well, for me, 49 is an age I'm not looking forward to being, but 48 seems okay. Really? Yeah, like the eve of 50. That is odd. 50 is going to be a weird, big, round number. I don't know. I, I just see things so differently now. I, like, well, your, last big, I mean, one, your last big one was 40. Yeah, and, and definitely that year, the 40 year is like, okay, well, what are my 40s going to be? So I think that there's an element of that when that transition happens. It's like, okay, well, now I'm entering a new decade. I'm not in my 30s anymore. I'm now in my 40s. And what is 40s going to be? Well, that's I'm sure that that's the same thing. However, when you think about the spectrum of life and time, and even when you look at people that have had creative careers and have had second careers and things like that, that have been very, very successful, sometimes they didn't even start that stuff until they're in their 40s or 50s. And then they live the second half of their life with just this exponential growth of amazingness. And I kind of feel like that's where we are with life. And if so it's, it's about how you feel, 50, 49, 48 doesn't scare me at all. I don't feel 48. Unless you're climbing up and down a ladder. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> trimming trees. When I would go work out at the learning garden with the 20-year-olds, I was always reminded that I'm a decade or two older than most of the people out here. You know, I do a pretty good job. I'm pretty strong. And I've gotten stronger. Like, because of how I was feeling last year, I kind of took six months off from hard work like I used to do. Right. And so I had lost some of my arm strength. So that's when I call in the big guns, the man of the house, Hunter. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of dinner table talking to do, so let's just jump right into it. Unanswered questions. Jumping right into what? What were the unanswered questions from last week? There's only one unanswered question from last week. And I always enjoy it when we can say these words. If you didn't hear this from last week, you need to listen to it first. And it was that question that kind of came up there at the end of the episode. Are turkeys really filthy <laughs> That's not an unanswered question. to raise? That's not an unanswered question. Well, I did reach out to a turkey farmer. You reached out to a turkey farmer? No, but I did Google it. <laughs> I was like, tell me which turkey farmer you spoke to. There's a two-part answer here. Number one... Turkeys aren't filthy. No. No more filthy than chickens. In fact, Correct. many farmers say that turkeys are Cleaner. less. There you go. Yes. I told you that I raised turkeys for years. Well, that comment right there leads me to the second half of the answer. And that is that what you heard last week, and, and I'm wrong on this one, okay? You, you can have it. I was <laughs> wrong. Turkeys are so filthy. No, I, they're not. I what are was, you talking about? I can tell you why I thought that. I was thinking of geese and geese that live in homeowner associations and the mess that they make. And What is a goose? 
filthy goose have to do with homeowner associations? Be- I, because I homeowner associations will put wildlife in their man-made ponds. Oh. And then have to contend with that wildlife. And oftentimes they will relocate geese because they're just filthy, not to mention territorial and can even attack kids and that kind of thing. They're guard birds, actually. But what you listened to last week was a typical exchange that gets elevated, not to an argument, but gets elevated into a two ego-bound people, high ego people, you and me, that have to be right and have to prove that they're right in almost every single conversation that they have. I'm not sure I agree with you. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because you do agree with me. And not now exactly, here we go. But, I, but I'm willing to. How am to... I wrong? How am I wrong? I think that our egos battle, but I wouldn't say that we spend all of our time in ego. What percentage do you think? When we're now together, you're when we're to together put at the end of, of the night. Uh, statistical analysis on it, and you can't. The fact of the matter is, is that when our egos show the most is when one of us feels criticized by the other person or when one of us says with a fact something the other person believes is not the truth. And then our egos go right up the flagpole as quickly as possible, trying to prove to the other person who's right and to defend ourselves. For the beer and a movie podcast that I do, the next two films are There Will Be Blood and no country for old men. Yeah, I saw y'all's post about that today. I love those movies. I will I will definitely listen to that podcast. So I've been watching No Country for Old Men and Tommy Lee Jones in that is the opposite of me. Quiet. Mm. Doesn't show his cards often. But when he does talk, there's wisdom. That's what I want to be like. It has to do with insecurities. My, like I have insecurities and yes. it leads me to? Yes. And what does and, yours and have so to do, do I, with? That, that's, that, no, that's what it is. It's, mm. That's what it is for everyone. The level of insecurities you have is the amount of showmanship you have to do. If you do a lot of showmanship, it's because you're insecure that you're not getting the attention that you need or you're not worthy of the people paying attention to you. So you work harder to get people to pay attention to you. That one's mine. I'm insecure about my worth. And I've been re-listening to a book called- That can't be the truth. It is absolutely the truth. You hear me saying it all the time. You hear me talk about values and my value. And I get mad when like people that don't seem valuable to me make more money than I do. It's all about worth and value. And it's all what it's about. But I'm listening again for the third time, A Course in Miracles. Wow. But one of the things that it talks about specifically, and it mentioned it today, was- you do not have to worry about your worth because you are worthy. God has given you worth. Never again worry about your worth. And you get to choose. I'm going to let you choose your own adventure. Perfect. I will go down this rabbit hole with you right now. Let's do it. Or we can talk about the 4th of July. Let's talk about the 4th of July. Ah, Let's talk about independence, baby. That's the much (laughs) less controversial Is it? Really? (laughs) Because... Yeah. Now we're talking about freedom and independence. You want to talk about that with me and call it uncontroversial? I thought we were going to talk about brisket, <laughs> black-eyed peas, and fireworks. Okay, fine. <laughs> we went out to your parents' farm again. And I guess if you're listening, you know that we go out there often. But, you know, that's a function of how we're living right now. Our bubble's kind of tightened up. Yeah. I don't want to go out and be in public where the public craziness is going on, where... People are wearing a mask, but you see somebody pull the mask down and scratch inside their nose and then pull the mask back up again. I literally saw that today. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Or you don't want to be in public because the easiest place is to catch the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. All of that. Also, I saw somebody. All of the above. All of it. Also, as I was driving, I saw somebody that's wearing their mask while they're alone in their car run a red light. 
hmm, how's this? Well, you're not <laughs> like supposed to put it over on, your eyes. Full on run through the red light while the light is completely red. I'm like, hmm, how's that mask going to protect you from death if you get hit by a car at a red light? So let's talk about independence some more. <laughs> now that masks are mandatory where we live, I find myself walking back to the car a lot. Because you forget the mask. I just forget them. I saw somebody that had one that they put it up and, and across the front of it, it said, I will forget this. I will forget this. I will forget That's this. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, no. I saw one that is a mask representation of the photograph of your nose and lower huh. so that your face is on your face. Yeah. I personally like my red bandana. If I have to wear a mask, I'm going in like I'm about to take the bank. You used to not be allowed to wear masks oh my into the bank or the convenience yeah. store on Halloween. My dad said he opened the door at the bank the other day with his mask on and yelled in, I'm not coming in to rob the billies. And they all laughed. Well, your dad and your mom, they roll out the red carpet and we feel comfortable going there. We feel comfortable taking my mom there. I've decided yeah. that all of us are going to be okay if when, when we get the coronavirus. Yeah. But my mom is the one I'm protecting the most because of her right. advanced age and health issues. Right. So since we feel comfortable going out to the farm, you're probably going to hear a few farm stories until this whole thing loosens up a bit. And we had a feast for July 4th. They had actually um, started talking about, uh, my mom's like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get a brisket from the grocery store. I'll make some potato salad and some beans. So I told you to buy a sausage from the farmer's market. For because, July 4th. Right. For July 4th, because uh, number one, I wanted to put it on the side. That sounds like something we can bring. Also, I'm not going to, I'm going to eat a bite of the brisket, but I'm not going to eat the brisket because I don't eat grocery store meat. My dad said, do you want me to make the hog ribs? And I was like, yeah, definitely. You should definitely make those. And he was, she was like, I knew you wouldn't eat that brisket. Well, I'll have a nibble of it. And I, and I would never say a single word and I'd eat a big chunk of sausage and I would eat all the other delicious stuff. The older I get, the more sausage I want in the freezer. <laughs> you like a lot of sausage. I love sausage. Plump mm -hmm. and juicy. I was trying to think of what's the other like seasonal thing that I can bring with me out there. We can bring with us out there. Oh, of course, fruit salad. It's summer and I had watermelon, cantaloupe, some canned pears from last year's pear season. I put those on there. Figs. Because I went right outside to the fig tree and picked fresh figs right off the fig tree, sliced them up and put to them put on the them salad. put them in the salad. Yes, exactly. God, I love the way we laugh. I do too. Tell me about this. Life is so good. Listen to me. Life is so good right now. I'm going to spend every moment of my life paying attention to right now. And what inspired me, like literally what made me think of making a fruit salad was I was out in the garden messing around. I had cut off some of the Turk's cap and I was like, oh, I should do something with these flowers because Turk's cap has a pretty little red flower on top of it and they're edible. Oh, this is where I can make the fruit salad for 4th of July and put the pretty little red flowers on top of it. So when I brought it out to the house, my nephew Jack looked at the salad and I said, this is a good salad. It's got things you like in it. It's got watermelon and cantaloupe and peaches and pears. And he goes, What's that? He points at the red flowers. I said, those are flowers. You can eat them. I can eat them? Yeah. So I handed him one. He ate it. He ate it. Mmm. You know. And what I thought was really the most funny about all of that was I think your mom had pretty much the exact same reaction as the four-year-old. <laughs> yes, you can eat flowers. My mom's learning a lot right now. Well, and one of the things that was super great about being out there, my dad wanted us to be able to taste the wine because he's about to get ready to bottle it. And last year, we harvested 400 pounds of the Spanish Lenore grapes. This year, we only harvested 150. 
Ooh, what does that mean for our wine consumption a year or so from now when it's all ready to drink? Well, he told me that he has about 150 to 180 bottles of wine from the 400. Take Your that down dad to 150. just bottled 100 and how much? No, no. He's going to. Right. He hasn't done it yet. But that's why he was wanting us to taste the jugs because he's got two big jugs there. That were... Your dad's got two big jugs. <laughs> <He's> got... <laughs> Runs in the family, I suppose. Oh. <laughs> he So he's got these, he's got his two big wine jugs from last year from the 400 pounds of grapes that we did last year. It's been fermenting for a year. Yeah. And he blends it. It's so fun that he's into this project and how he oh, does it. Oh, oh, it's so fun. Yeah. Because yeah. it's his craft that he's trying to learn. This was good. For several reasons. Mm -hmm. Number one, when the grapes come in that bountiful, it's more likely to be a better grape. They're succeeding. Sure. Number two, every year your dad does this, he gets better and better and better at it. And what a great time for you to get more involved in the farm, to learn this with him. Yes. The other thing I know he's using, because he let me taste the one from this year, he's fermenting his own blackberries also. Oh, awesome. So that he can put that into this next year's blend. Mm -hmm. That's something we can grow here is blackberries. So right. if he gets, if we start growing more blackberries and he knows how to blend the blackberry and the Spanish Lenore to make a perfect wine, then we've got the next phases of that. One of the things we're going to start doing very soon, maybe even in August, is having events at the farm. You know, doing kind of a happy hour type of thing and having farm tours and things like that. Small, small crowds, a few couples. And allowing a little bit of wine tasting and tasting some of the hors d'oeuvres that we can make out of the awesome fruits and vegetables that we're growing and preserving and doing all of that stuff for. I'm sensing that your increased participation out there is going to lead to a lot of creative output. And Absolutely. I'm really excited for you. It is. It's, an, it's going to be an adventure and it's going to be fun to be able to do some of that stuff out there. One of the best parts of your folks living out in the country is that on July 4th, and New Year's Eve, we're going to do some fireworks. And right. we're going to do them right. We're going to waste a lot of money on blowing shit up. This well, is America. <laughs> every year, I always see people on social media complain about their pets because fireworks are going off in uh -huh. town. Uh -huh. I felt this year that I'd give everybody a pass because people are so cooped up and doing nothing. Oh, there was the best I fireworks show that, that ever existed in four decades that I know of that happened this 4th of July because there was no real sanctioned fireworks shows. So every house put off its own did fireworks. Their own thing. And if we all do it, the cops can't get all of us. But going out to the country, we can do it. We can do whatever we want to and your brother and me and my son are all pyromaniacs. <laughs> we had an amazing display show. I was playing with sparklers. You were. Yeah. I love the sparklers. You at least spelled your name one time. I made a peace sign too. Or it might have been a Mercedes sign. I don't know. <laughs> That's the difference between the 1980s and the 2020s. <laughs> Is that you can put on the same fireworks show in 2020 in your backyard that the whole city of Canadian put on in 1980 with the volunteer firefighters out there lighting the fireworks. No fingers lost. Everyone <laughs> has their eyes. What a successful right. 4th of July, 2020, all things considered. It was lovely. I had a great time. And I took a bunch of video because I'm going to make a video of the Freedom Harvest Farm Independence Day mm -hmm. on YouTube. Fun. <sighs> 
I don't have all the best equipment and it's making it very challenging to get it done. <laughs> but someday. You don't have the tools that they do and it's frustrating you? Yeah. And also, I don't necessarily have the skills, although I think I could adapt the skills very easily because I'm fairly good at that kind of stuff once I figure it out. But my laptop's on Wi-Fi. So, I mean, I can edit. Oh, you're edit. uploading big videos. And I can edit, I but uploading and getting them to my computer where I can work with them. Oh, the problems that we have. I know, right? I, I actually studied that stuff in college, by the way. I took a nonlinear editing class. Did so. Wi-Fi exist in your college? Wi-Fi didn't exist in my college because I'm an old guy. You, you, you went to school in the 80s. <laughs> I did not go to college in the 80s. Don't add years. Did you understand how excited I was that I got to peel one off? Don't add years. I went to college in the 90s. I didn't go to college during Depeche Mode. I went to college during Snoop Dogg. Snoop Doggy Dogg. Speaking of Snoop Dogg and how good dogs can smell. I don't understand why you can't smell when I have delicious rosemary in the house and don't buy more rosemary. Well, this is a situation <laughs> where you're coming to it from a completely different perspective. Let me tell you the, the perspective that I came from. I want in my amateur chef kitchen a well-stocked bevy of all spices required. Yes. So I am going to the grocery store and buying dried herbs or as they call them in England, herbs. And herbs. I want to keep that stock. I love to have that rosemary herb. I think you and I should make a pact just to use the term herbs for a little while <laughs> just and just let the kids herbs. go, what are y'all doing? <laughs> so I noticed that we were out of rosemary and I bought some rosemary. We weren't out of rosemary. It was the biggest personal affront to you but that it, I could it was have the possibly second done. personal affront. Because I'm going just to the keep two weeks before you had bought dill. Dill in my cupboard. So that in the situation where all of the dill that you have created, that's what we're talking about. You're picking the dill. You I'm talked drying. last week about how you're making sure that everything that you pull out of your garden here and at the farm is used. So yeah. you're concentrating on preserving. And you're uh -huh. concentrating more on drying. You're making our space around us more suitable and easy to do these projects, our home. Well, I'm bringing flowers in and I want to put flowers in herbs. Herbs. Herbs and flowers. I want smell good things, you know? But there's every once in a while, out of season, I don't have oregano that came out of your garden that you've dried. And I just need to go to the reserve. I just picked up some reserves, baby. You took it so personal. Stop buying reserves. I've got reserves. Until you don't. That could be in five years and then your rosemary's no good. I could walk across the street and cut rosemary from the neighbor's yard. Rosemary is, it grows everywhere. So rosemary was the problem. Not that we have dried herbs in our... Well, dill too. You bought dill and there were literally two packages of dill right there. Mm. I can see why you got so angry. <laughs> What it led to, though, was a very valuable conversation, I think, and that is that our cupboard and these dried herbs that you're producing, drying, getting ready for us to consume needs a better organization. Everything in our house needs a better organization, you, which is why I'm trying to fluff everything now. Haven't you, you noticed have me fluffing? You have been on a crazy mad tear of cleaning. Well, I don't know if I've been on a crazy mad tear. If I was on a crazy mad tear, this house would be a lot cleaner than it is right now. 
but I have definitely been cleaning. Don't discount your crazy mad tear. <laughs> it's been phenomenal. I've seen more sweeping and mopping. And you asked No, I, I did ask you to buy a mop, but actually I've been getting down on my hands and knees with a sponge and scrubbing the floor. What happened? Uh, well, I'm here all the time. I live here all the time. And I, and I, listen, when we moved in together the first time, yeah, I cared. And then I learned that no one else cared and it would frustrate the hell out of me to like constantly be fighting the battle, especially at that time, because the kids were so young that I was just like, I'm never going to win this battle. I mean, do you remember how bad your kids' bathrooms were whenever I first no, moved in. No, I don't. Oh, God. Your kids' bathrooms were disgusting. Mm. They had left globs of blue toothpaste shit everywhere. That's probably still and going on. I don't see blue globs of stuff. First of all, we don't use blue glob toothpaste because I cut that out of your life. <laughs> I tried to anyway. I'm sure that the kids still sneak their blue glob toothpaste. The contraband in this house is bizarre. It's weird. It's not drugs and alcohol and other things that young kids would get in trouble doing. It's like... I stuck in some Cheetos. Don't tell anybody and <laughs> share Cheetos amongst themselves because we just don't have that in the house. No. Cheetos to... are our kids' drugs. The house of crazy contraband. Yeah. Okay. So I told you last week, I kind of have fallen in love with this YouTube vlog called The Elliot Homestead. And she just makes the home is a place of joy. And I want to live in the moment. And the moment is filled with joy if I'm not looking at a disgusting, dirty bathroom, but instead I'm looking at a nice clean bathroom with fresh cut flowers from my backyard and a few little pops of herbs and it smells nice. Herbs. Herbs. And it smells nice and it's just better. And we can use our spaces more effectively. And then my mom made a joke, make your bed. And well, of course that's easy. I noticed you made the bed this morning, I didn't did. you? I did. Thank you so much. So I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if he's ever going to make the bed or if I'm just going to come home when I come home and make the well, bed. Well, now we're talking about shift of expectation because for the first seven years of our relationship, eight years, we haven't made the bed. I made the bed. the bed when we first got together. When we were first together, I made the bed. I cleaned things. I cleaned the kitchen. I, I cleaned the bathrooms. I made the bed. Why did you clean if it was so easy to stop? It's just that what happens is, is that I get frustrated, I get resentful, and it starts piling up. And then once it gets to a certain point with me, there's no going back. Because I can, I'm kind of compulsive about stuff like that. So when you say she's on a crazy tear of cleaning, there's a little bit of manic compulsiveness going on whenever I start down that path. So I haven't just cleaned the kitchen. I have scrubbed top to bottom the entire kitchen and do you know what with happens every when you good do that? purify essential oil on guard <laughs> thing i can and find you know in my medicine you cabinet you are an example and it's difficult to dirty it up i'm just going to keep doing it because it adds to my day it makes me feel good and so, so i think that that's what the vlog that's what she's imparted to me that it feels good because if your daily chores feel bad if you enjoy your work, then you never work a day in your life. Exactly. And if what I'm doing is cleaning up the space so that it smells good, and then I can put a pop of my beautiful, fresh flowers in it, and then I can go take myself a little fancy Instagram photo of it or whatever. Because <laughs> well, I know that everything is for content now. <laughs> we had an amazing dinner the other night that we're going to talk about, but I was cleaning the kitchen. And I looked down at the sink, and it needed a good barkeeper's friending. We don't have a lot of cleaning chemicals in the house. We use kind of natural methods or... We use doTERRA. 
Sure. Or we use vinegar or we use, you know. Yeah, or baking soda or whatever, but yeah. But Barkeeper's Friend is the one that works and I've looked into it enough to know that it's a natural product for the most part to get Mm -hmm. it gleaming white, which I'll do, you know. Can you go Barkeeper's Friend inside the toilets? I can't. Because they have a rust ring around them that they makes do. it look like they're dirty and they're not dirty. That like is... that toilet is actually clean. God, I hope that's rust. I'm enjoying the example that you're putting forward and your leadership here is exemplary. You know, that fluffing thing. So now I'm saying, oh, that space needs to be fluffed. Right. Not that space needs to be cleaned. This whole thing has made me think about the entire scope, the whole mind, body, spirit, the whole health. All, all of it. How do I want to live each day and each moment now? Making myself more comfortable where I live. Exactly. And so now I fluff That's things. exactly what's happening in it. We're making our living space and mm-hmm. space is, if we include mm-hmm. the farm and the, yes. the bubble, yes, more comfortable to be in. That makes it so much easier not to go out. I don't want to go out. <laughs> I don't care. I don't need it. And it's also easier not to go out when everybody's pitching in. And something strange has happened with my son, home from college during all this corona stuff. Mm -hmm. Second half of his freshman year taken away, if you will. He'll be going back in the fall. He shifted. The fishing we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. But not only that, he's not waiting around to be parented. Well, Which I'm so happy to see. I like to watch reality food shows the competition style food shows. So I found a new one recently that's about like making the most, the prettiest, most creative, you know, they, they're doing an appetizer and then they're doing a dessert and then they're doing a big meal with, and the idea is to make it very, very beautiful and very creative, but delicious as well. I think it's like called crazy delicious. We watched that one night while we were eating dinner. That was where dinner table talks happened one night. And he said, when he got done with that, this show just makes me want to cook. That's right. I heard him say, I think it was the night you were making gumbo or something. And he said he left and came back and the gumbo still wasn't ready. And I just want to eat something. And I go, well, then make yourself some food. Cook a meal. There's plenty of food in there. Well, this 19-year-old has decided to go out, get his own groceries, cook meals, I guess while we're sleeping. So the other night we were going to have a steak along with some fantastic sides. And he said, I want to make the steak. I thought, fantastic. Yeah. You and I side by side in the kitchen. This will be fun because when you get that apartment next year, I need you to understand basic, basic cooking skills. So that was kind of fun. Hunter made us the steak while I was standing next to him making all of the side dishes. It certainly cut the time in half and we ate a lot earlier than we might normally have. Mm-hmm. I remember being that age and thinking that I knew more than my parents did. And I thought it was funny that he kept like trying to tell you how to buy meat. The fat in the middle and the, the, and this one doesn't have fat. It's going to be a little tough. Da, 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 da. And then he kept telling you. And I was like, this is grass-fed beef. And what they do to get that fat in the beef at the grocery store is they feed it corn at the end to basically make it obese so that it gets super fat so that you get a nice fat steak. And they're charging by the pound. So the fatter, the better. Right. But we don't eat that meat. We eat meat that's been fed out on grass. And so it can be fat, but you're not going to see what you see in the corn-fed beef aisle at the grocery store. And when I'm going to the farmer's market, I'm not going to buy a porterhouse every single time. Sometimes you're going to get the cheaper (laughs) cut of sirloin. Yeah, exactly. And it was a sirloin also. He learned how to make the steak because he had watched a chef Mm -hmm. do it on YouTube because that's how he's learned how to fish too. Sure. Which you're like that. I need to know how to do something. I'm going to go look it up on YouTube. And you see him basically taking the first steps 
You remember being the man that cooked your first steak? No, I, the... I remember going out into the world and cooking my first steak and not knowing what the hell I was doing. You want to know what the first thing was that I called my mom and said, how do I cook this? Go ahead. Chicken and dumplings. Oh. And she was like, oh, that's so easy. Well, you master. That's just the boil chicken the dumplings. chicken and then dump in the dumplings. Your chicken and dumplings, a, a dish we haven't discussed on this program? That's because we didn't make it this year because of the grain thing. Get in the winter. Everyone to the table quick. You're good at it. I'm glad to have this time with him as mm -hmm. he goes off to, into the fall. Mm -hmm. If college works the way we hope that it does this year, that he's getting a few lessons from me. It's been a blessing. <laughs> yes. There are blessings in all of this. Everything that we're oh, going absolutely. through right now, there are so many blessings. You might have to oh. look a little harder or you may have to retrain no. your brain. No. to. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's not... I have a completely different mindset about this well, whole I thing. Know, I know that you do, but I mean, I'm suggesting that many other types of personalities and the way that different people look at things is they don't understand the words that we're saying right now. There are no blessings because things are so bleak. That's a different road. And things road. are so divided. That's a different road. Going back to a couple of weeks ago, two roads, you well, make the I, choice. I, we actually didn't put that in the podcast. We edited it out. Oh, that's one of the uh, yes. extra hours of content. Yeah. That... And the reason it got edited out is because I start thinking, well, people don't understand what we're saying or people don't understand that or it's maybe we shouldn't say that because it might upset some people. And right after that, remember when I came in and I was like, you know what? We need to stop editing because we're afraid people aren't smart enough to understand what we're talking about. I had just listened to Kyle Cease, who if you're interested, he's a comedian, but he's shifted and does a lot of other stuff besides just comedian stuff. And I had just listened to him again and I'm like, you know what? He's there on his podcast or whatever telling you what he believes. And what he believes is, so do I, there are two roads and you get to choose. And it's kind of the heaven or hell, fear or love, you know? And if you're not seeing beauty all around you, then it's time to shift things real fast. What are you living for? But what I've been saying is stay in the moment, see the beauty. What is beautiful around you? Because there is something beautiful around you. Breathe the life. Breathe. Take a breath and remember that you're alive and what are you living for? If we're scared to death, and we're doing everything to fight to keep people alive. What is life going to be? So breathe the life and breathe the life you want to breathe. And then feel the joy. Because the joy feels really good. And as an empath, I can tell you that if you choose to feel the joy, everything changes. Everything changes. Because I was feeling the anxiety. I was feeling the anger. I was feeling the fear. I was looking at those numbers. The I was fight. listening to the news. The fight, I was fight, watching fight, fight, the fight, fight, fight. blah, blah, blah. And I was mm -hmm. like mad and angry and loud and unhappy. And, and then I went, what are we living for? How easy is it to get back into that feeling the fear, feeling the anger? Go, out, go out in public. <laughs> And you feel it again. Turn on, get on Facebook too long. And you feel it again. Yep. And what do you do? I haven't yet figured out how to see the beauty, breathe the life, feel the joy when I have to go out into public with a mask on. I'm not there yet. So when I go out there, I'm, I'm mad and I'm, I'm sure that everyone around me can feel and I can feel and I'm just like, you know, or I go on a drive. Oh, 
driving right now is like one of my most favorite things to do. You're out of the house. <laughs> yes. It's a beautiful day. It's beautiful outside. There's no mask and required. And you can't remember. And then I sit there and I'm driving. I got my hand because I love to roll my windows down, mm-hmm. especially in the summertime and do the wave with the wind with my arm out the window. Sure. And I got my music up real loud. You stick think, your arm out the window and learn how flight works? Yes. Okay. I love that. And in those moments, I sit there and I go, wow, if we could just remember that everything is okay right now. Now, you may run into something. Like you may get the virus. Someone in your house may get the virus. Someone in your house will get the virus if they haven't already. That will happen. But what are you living for? And how are you dealing with that? And if you're going on a drive and you're driving down the beautiful bayfront or wherever you live, the beautiful whatever it is, if you're doing that and you stop and see the beauty, breathe the life and feel the joy, you almost forget what's going on. It's different. It's different. There's nothing wrong right now. There's nothing wrong around here right now. I mean to say the way that you're describing conscious deliberate thought is different much like the way you eat chicken is different Mm -hmm. much like the way we talk about store-bought spices and herbs is different i think there's a little bit of weight or expectation on those of us that are like okay it's time to rise up what started this whole rabbit hole was you talking about there are blessings all around us here's a better way to talk about it what is the new normal what is the new normal? When, when it's completely difficult to describe because we don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. Is the new normal everyone scared of everyone else? No one hugs or touches? Everyone wears a mask in everything they go to? The school systems are set up like locked down. The senior centers are locked down. Mm-hmm. The prisons are opening up. What is the new normal? Who gets to define it? Who gets to define it? Who's going to create exponential energy around themselves to help push the consciousness in a direction that you want the new normal to go? And I want to be a part of pushing the, the consciousness into a direction that the new normal is what I want it to be. And there are others, which is the reason why I came in after talking about editing stuff and said, it's time. We can't hold that stuff back anymore because we're pushing it out now and saying, this is the new normal. We do not want sick and broken and mad. That's not new normal. Prison, lockdown. It could be the new normal. It won't be my new normal. Correct. And I believe that even if that's the new normal for two years, there are going to be people even when that new normal is going on that are not living that new normal. It's like we talked about how everything's perfect around me. Life is good. I'm very happy. Things are going really well in my spaces. Okay. Other people are not having that same experience. They're having a completely different experience. So Where are you going? Which road are you going to take? Are you going to be angry and scared and mad and depressed? And judgmental. And judgmental and competitive and fear of plenty, fighting for more, fighting for more? Or are you going to have abundance and health and wealth and happiness and joy and beauty but you make it sound so easy. It's it's just a decision. Are you going to clean that toilet? What are you doing? But you make it sound so easy. It's it's just it's a not cho- that easy. It's just a choice. 
It is just a choice, but it's not that easy. When I got out in the car today and went to the grocery store, because you know how much I love that anyway, and then I had to put that mask on, and then I watched a person with a mask pick their nose, I'm angry and I'm judgmental. Does it turn off and on like a switch? No, because you carry it with you, and then I come home and yell at you. So the dude picking his nose at the ma- with the mask at the grocery store. I didn't know it was a dude. I didn't say that. Whoever it was, <laughs> I'm angry at them because it's my birthday and I don't need you coming home and yelling at me. <laughs> That's, that is the ego right there, baby. <laughs> okay, choose your own adventure. Are we talking about like the side dishes that we had when Hunter made the steak or are we going to no, move on? No, because that was supposed to be talked about at the beginning of it. Let's move on. And now it's time for a breakdown. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna... Oh, wait, it's your birthday. You might get it. You know, I was thinking, I am on my best behavior right now. Because <laughs> on your birthday... Never gonna get it, never gonna get it. You gotta be it, really in the doghouse. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Okay, well, stop singing that song. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Let's never get it all. Are you singing that one? <laughs> Ooh... I'm just setting some manifestations out there. <laughs> this is the world I'm going to live in. I'm going to live in the world where I come home we and sing to one another and fall into wants bed. Wants to eat my sausages. <laughs> I thought we were talking about how you love sausage. You're filthy. <laughs> how many boob episodes are we going to have before people figure out who's somebody's filthy in this house? That's a whole backstage conversation <laughs> that I don't think you want to have. All right, let's do table topics. Okay. I, uh, give me, it's my birthday, I get to choose. Give me uh, Not Your Mom's Dinner Party. We haven't done that one in a while. <laughs> this, is, this is perfect. Okay. What is the wildest party you've ever been to? First of all, I know you're going to beat me. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't even think of a good one. The wildest party I've ever been to. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. Oh, I got it. I got a good one. I can't name names to protect the innocent. Uh-huh. Senior year of high school, mm-hmm. Miller Lite was doing the biggest party in history, a huge Texas-wide promotional thing where concurrently around the state, our city included, would have a live concert sponsored by Miller Lite. Randy Quaid was the spokesperson. Me, my two best friends were at the Naval Air Station where we live. A VIP party. We're all underage. So we're trying to find alcoholic beverages that have been consumed down to the point to where it's still okay to... to, to, to pick. Oh, my God. That must be a guy thing. That must be like a... a yes, a because pro- a you in high school were getting drinks things. bought for you. And that's not the I way was. it works for 18, 17-year-old boys. Then we go to the party. A house party. Parents away. The parties that you and I hope that our kids never go to, but they're probably going to go to. Two-story house with a pool. Please dig, if you will, a picture of me in high school. Not me as the 48-year-old mature man that I am that would never stand for the things that I'm about to tell you. Stupid, late 80s high school hijinks. Other people, not me, pushing girls into the pool on purpose so that their clothes would get wet. Uh Pornography. Playing in the upstairs family area. The first time I've ever seen such a <laughs> such a thing. That was just strikingly notable. Not like the highlight of the evening, but I remember, what kind of party is this? I've been to house parties. This is a different kind of thing. Everything had just been elevated, ratcheted up. People were going into rooms and doing all kinds of stuff. 
the first time I'd ever seen, I think, pot being used. Uh, the cops show up, but the person that I'm talking about was connected enough to where the cops let the party keep going. It kept ratcheting up and up and up. The wildest party I've ever been to. Then I went to college and thought that parties would be that wild. Mm-hmm. And, and they kind of were, but they weren't because that was easier to do than what had been created this evening. That biggest party in history thing had um, glow-in-the-dark sticks and buttons and things. With, you know, you crack them and glow-in-the-dark sticks. They had all been cut open and smeared all over everybody. I'm not telling a great story here, but it was just the wildest party I'd ever been to. That's because you can hardly remember it because you're 48. Oof. That was a good night. That was fun. You? I don't have a high school party like that. No, Although, no, forget high school. That's I know. The wildest right. party. I understand. I, what, what I was going to say is I don't have a high school party like that because... Most of the high school parties where I grew up, which we talked about this on a couple episodes ago when we uh, were talking about the rural kids and how the, what the rural kids did. We right. basically went out to the country and drank, <laughs> you know, smoked cigarettes. There was always, there was a little bit of pot around at that point, but not, not a ton. And there were other drugs that came around from time to time, but not really, not much in high school. But then by the time I got to college, we could pretty much get anything. Like we could do and get anything you wanted. So my freshman year and I was a Delta Zeta and I hung out with the Teeks because they were, we, we were little sisses to the Teeks. Understood. And my good friend who was also a sis. Go Teek, go geek. <laughs> she was a Zeta. Zits, tits, and armpits. <laughs> If you're going there, it's the easy DZs. And that was I did want to say it. I actually wasn't I wasn't a very good DZ. Like I was not <laughs> You weren't was, easy enough? <laughs> no. I wasn't easy and I was I didn't fit the DZ crowd at all. Anyway, we go to Panama City, Florida for spring break. Oh boy. And Panama City, Florida is the one of the places that Epicenter. they do the, the videos right. and they, they MTV goes the big there. parties sure. and the whole thing. Right. And I was underage, although I think I had a fake ID or something like that. I had a fake ID. Fraternity was good for that. Yeah. It wasn't a fake ID. It was someone else's ID. I'm with you. That looked like me. So we're there and it's the night of the Ziggy Marley concert. Oh, fun. And my wild party stories are that I, it must be those boobs. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They are hypnotic. I tend to end up in the like VIP areas of whatever, wherever I am. Oh, that's a pretty female thing. Yeah, but there's a lot of pretty females there, and they're not all in the VIP area where I am. Well, then that meant that you had intention on getting there. It was easy. I just walk over to someone, and they're like, hey, and then before you know, I get on an airplane going to New York City, and I sit with the big ESPN crowd that now I'm partying with in New York City. I mean, like, that has been my life story. I end up in- That's just living a life with an eye for gusto. Sure. And you and I, I think, have that similarity. What's the most gusto, not dangerous, but gusto-infused experience that we can have right now? Yeah. And so in this particular situation, I've now found myself in the VIP area with Ziggy Marley and his team and a famous soap opera star, a guy, and all of these other B-grade famous like people. I'm with you. What was the wild? Well... (laughs) 
I'm not sure I can tell all the stories. Everyone, everyone had good vibes, good feelings. Let me good ask feelings. you. A, let me ask you a really. There, most importantly of that, I was in the top section of one of the MTV video it, things it, with it, it, every famous person that exists in that sphere that day uh, is there in the room, and I'm. And you're not naming names. I'm enjoying the whole party. Okay. And all of the things that come with it. We all we should use our imaginations. Oh, one of my friends, the, the friend that was with me on that trip, she is on on that trip. At one point when we left, I walked up to the police officer <laughs> and asked them, I'm not going to say her name just in case she was happening to listen, and said, have you seen my friend? Susan. Uh-huh. And then I slept in the drunk tank that night. <laughs> <laughs> So what they did, and this is what I believe is the right thing to do for everyone, protect people. Their job, what they weren't trying to like arrest, or arrest harass me. You. No, right. they took my little drunk self and put me in a little safe place. And then the next morning after I'd slept it off, they said, okay, here's your shoes and here's your purse and here's your stuff. Now go do your walk of shame. <laughs> <laughs> While you were talking, I and thought then of... I just like showed up, and everybody's like, "Where the hell were Where'd you? Where did you sleep? Where did you sleep? Yeah, where did you sleep? Exactly at the police station. Exactly in the drunk tank." While you were talking, <laughs> I thought of three better parties, but we'll save those for another day. That's fun. No, we we've had we've had adventures, and sometimes our kids, kids, our teenagers. Like to throw that kind of stuff back in you our face. You did it too. You did it too, exactly. And I was over at my best friend's house the other day for a quick minute, dropping some stuff off, and her daughter came out. And her daughter has just turned 16. Oh, boy. Same age as my daughter. Mm -hmm. I was saying, yeah, you and Lily need to get together some more again. And I said, you know, Lily has no freedom right now, right? Because she got in trouble. And she's like, yeah, I heard they came over the other day on my birthday. I heard the whole story about everything. And she goes, but you had those same, same experiences when you were a teenager. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want her to have some of the pain that came with that stuff. So I'm trying to help her prevent lifelong error. And she goes, yeah, my mom's been talking to me about that kind of stuff too. And I was like, I'm sure she probably shared some of her concerns hearing some of the stories from my daughter of things, you know, sneak out. We're not uncool. We're not uncool. We just want to help you have the best experience you can have and try to prevent the worst case scenarios, which I can tell you because I had so many experiences that the worst case scenario could have happened. But the worst case scenario that happened to me was I had a little baby Cortland at age 21 and he's super awesome, great, and I totally love him and I would never take it back. Although I definitely don't want my kids to have a kid at age 21. I want them to have a little bit more adult life before they have a child to take care of. The House of Crazy Contraband. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime... Hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. Because I used to work at a pool hall in college. That was my job. Uh -huh. I was the girl with the boobs that walked around with the shots. Like, hey, would you like a shot? Oh, that was your job. Would you like some cigarettes? Uh -huh. I've got the oh, cigars. You had, oh, you were the you were the cigarette girl. Cigars and and shots. Yeah. Fun. Boobs, like, I mean, all boob, like. <laughs>